Let the unnecessary hype begin! Two weeks ahead of the Super Bowl, we're going to break down every angle of the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs because apparently we've got nothing else to do for the next 13 days. Clay Ferrero here, Dookie lying alongside. Will Manso has the evening off. He is actually at home pouring through every stat from the entire Kansas City Chiefs season, actually going all the way back 50 years to when that he is looking for every – not really. I mean, this is always – I'll be honest, this is like my least favorite part about the Super Bowl is the week before, the week before the game, when by the time the actual week of the game gets here, like everybody's kind of spent every little bit of energy that they have breaking down, so what's there left to do? How exciting was the NFC Championship? Yes. As we record this, they are still playing the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game. We're fairly confident with the... 34 what was it 34 7 at the time that we decided to record this so i will keep close track to make sure aaron Rodgers does not give us a reason to stop down and redo this but i'm gonna say that uh so basically in the first 45 seconds of this podcast we've told you that it's going to be useless and boring and we've also told you that we are actually recording it while the nfc title game is still going on so I don't know. We'll welcome. probably have to redo this thing. Welcome, um, welcome, yeah. welcome. No, I and and the the best part about it, if you're a Dolphins fan, it is loaded with former Dolphins legends like Matt Moore yep. and Chad Henney yep. and Raheem Mostert. God, so many places. Damian so, Williams. So many good memories of Raheem Mostert here in Miami. What was your favorite? I would say probably his thirty two yard kickoff return in his only game. Yeah. What, what about you? Uh, you know, I, I'd probably have to agree with that, but you know, I'm kind of a negative person, so I'm going to tell you my my least favorite, and that was actually the 25 yard kickoff yeah, return in the yeah. same game. He I had mean, a seam. <laughs> that was all, he played one game for the Dolphins, and you know, but uh, obviously, they actually, and, and he had a seam. I was going to nickname him Rasim oh, Mostert right, instead of Raheem. We're going to have to but then, edit that one out. But um, then, you know, he had it, a seam. It, and look, obviously, Ryan Tannehill would have been the big story had he ended up coming down and playing the Super Bowl down here. And look, I think we've all been pretty consistent with this as far as Ryan Tannehill is concerned. Really happy for him personally that he's found a home and and you could tell post-game. Ryan Tannehill, he never gave you much when it came to sound bites. And that's just look, that's how coaches want it. They don't want their their quarterbacks. They don't they don't want players going out there giving away game plans or or uh, giving the other team bullet board material whatever. Ryan Tannehill was the master of saying a lot without saying very much, but he was always very courteous, very good dude, classy dude, happy he's found a home. He was emotional after the game and and understandably so, but uh, happy for him that he's clearly found a home there. Um but now I think we pivot, and the best possible Super Bowl, in my opinion, was anything involving Patrick Mahomes. And, I agree and, with that. You know, I, I think had it been Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers, obviously you build up the two quarterbacks. In this case, when you're ha- when you've got a defense like San Francisco does, and and it's kind of this unstoppable force in Kansas City with their offense versus the immovable object that is the San Francisco defense. I, I almost feel like that's even better and more intriguing than if you had had Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Well, here's the thing about the whole Ryan Tannehill and the potential Ryan Tannehill storyline. I'm glad it didn't happen, okay? has nothing to do necessarily with Ryan Tannehill personally, although I, 
I personally soured on him a little bit when he had that incident in London where he got into it with a practice squad player and he sort of taunted him like, I'm the starting quarterback and you're a practice squad player. I didn't think that was cool. But in general, courteous, boring, affable, professional, all of those things. The reason I didn't want two weeks of tannehill Rama is this. I think it would have been a lot of revisionist history. I agree. Like I, agree. I, I think the reality of the situation is that Ryan Tannehill came to Miami with huge expectations because he was the first starting quarterback that the Dolphins drafted in the first round since Dan Marino. And there had been a string of bad decisions at quarterback. So there was great expectations put on Ryan Tannehill coming in. But he is what he was, what he is, which is a good game-managing quarterback who can make some big-time throws periodically if you don't make him do too much and if used absolutely properly. So what happened in the 2019-2020 season? He caught on with Tennessee. Marcus Mariota got buried there. He got an opportunity, and he rode the wave of Derrick Henry. That's what I think happened. He played well. He was the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He should be saluted. He found a home. He'll probably get a contract. He'll That will be his deal Let's not go rewrite history and say that if the Miami Dolphins had kept Ryan Tannehill, that we'd be talking about the Miami Dolphins playing at home in the Super Bowl, because that's just not the history of what happened. So therefore, I'm glad that right now, at this point in the podcast, we can bury all that Ryan Tannehill talk and actually focus on a guy in Patrick Mahomes who is to me, football Steph Curry. That's what he is. He's the most fun player on the most fun team, and they put up a ton of points, and he does crazy stuff, and all of our kids want to be like him, and he's awesome. Yeah, this is the best possible outcome for the NFL because it puts their best player on its biggest stage. And and yes, Lamar Jackson is the MVP, and, and I think especially over the next couple of years, when he gets the experience that Mahomes has built up over the last couple of years, obviously Jackson didn't start all of last year, but then this year he got the full season under his belt with a full training camp, with uh, the, the offense being tailored to him, much like uh, Andy Reid tailored the Chiefs offense to what Patrick Mahomes does. Like Now you're starting to see the star, the guy that the NFL should and I believe will make as the face of the league moving forward. Although a lot of that, a lot of times that stuff kind of takes care of itself. But somebody like Patrick Mahomes, who I think you hit the nail on the head, he's fun. The Steph Curry comparison is interesting. I think he's even got a little bit more swag, a little bit more uh, juice, like in your face, and not not in a nasty way. But man, you see him get up after the. The, the touchdown passes when they were down and, yeah. and it wasn't looking good for them early on because hey Tennessee Titans they got Derrick Henry they're gonna hand off the ball and um when he's when he scored to bring them back to within three getting up and getting pumped up and getting his team it's just there's there's this leadership quality to him that I think everything that you're Everything that you want if you're the NFL, somebody who is not just a phenomenal player, but also somebody who kids can point to and be excited to go out and be like, well, that's Patrick Mahomes and and the leadership quality, all that. Um, so I think from our perspective, the AFC side, I think it made it about his uh, best case scenario. Look, I, I thought of the alternatives, right? Would you be excited if it were Brady again? No, I certainly right? not this like, level. Right? Like, no, no. Like, like, you know, go through. I mean, Lamar Jackson would have been exciting just because local, 
unbelievably dynamic player. But if you talk about players at that level of being dynamic, I think the list is Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I think I think so either one of those guys I think would give you the spark. I mean, the thing watching Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, every time he touches the ball, every play is a potential touchdown. Yeah. And He's going to do it differently. He's going to do it sidearm. He's going to be running towards the sideline. He's going to run up to the line of scrimmage. You don't know if he's over or not. He just has a way. I mean, the the touchdown that essentially iced the game right before the end of the first half, they had two timeouts, which Andy Reid inexplicably didn't want to use. Patrick Mahomes tiptoes down the sideline, makes everybody miss, finds his way into the end zone where if he doesn't make it, they're going to have a problem. And yet... He does make it because he is that special, that different, that playmaking. He's all of it. He's got a little bit of that Mike Vick sort of excitement to yeah. every time he touches yeah. the ball. But he's also just a really great – Just he's got every tool in the toolbox. Any comparison you want to make, Patrick Mahomes has. What, he's 24 years old? He's coming to the Super Bowl? That's exciting. Truly great. You know who else is truly great? Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your money on a hard-earned car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke, Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. And for the best deal in South Florida and the best service, it is Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke, Pines. And I think... If there's anything that maybe it's not fair here, what I'm about to do, but I think it kind of puts into context what what the Dolphins are looking for when they search for a quarterback, and and what Ryan Tannehill is. And the only reason why I'm doing it is I, I want people to understand where I think we've been coming from with this because I feel like and we talked about this a little bit last week. I feel like everybody fights over Ryan Tannehill. But everybody, I would say 90 to 95% of people have the same general opinion. So this is the best way I can put it. Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback you can win because of. Yep. Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback you can win with if you have everything else really good around him. Yeah. He wins games and Tannehill manages games. Yeah, and, and that's and, and that's fine. And happy for Tannehill to go. He's spe- I mean, the Dolphins special. The Dolphins have de- the Dolphins have decided to go and, and to their credit, look, they spent 7 years, right? I mean, this isn't like say credit or detriment, however you want to put it, but it wasn't like they just pulled the rug out from Tannehill no, without he giving him a he chance. had he had look, Ryan Tannehill, the one thing that I always said about Ryan Tannehill as a positive he showed again on Sunday, which is he's very tough. Tough dude. I yep. mean, his first two years, he played behind historically bad offensive lines. I think he was sacked over 50 times his first season and yet never missed a snap. Yeah. So he was one of those guys who always played until he didn't. And, you know, that's great. And that's a great attribute. Patrick Mahomes, he, he the Chiefs can have a bad game, but if he makes a couple of special plays, they can win. Because he's that dude. And there's very few guys who are that dude the way that Patrick Mahomes is in the NFL, in all of sports. And I, I just think it's really cool that he's going to finally get, not that not that he's flown under the radar. We see him on commercials. There's, there's an element of star to him, but that element of star is going to go way, way up over the next two weeks. And then if they win, even more so. Especially in, in a town like Kansas City where... 
you have such good fans who really, really appreciate their football and who have been waiting for so, so long to go back to the Super Bowl. And, and look here, uh, hey, if you want to make a comparison here, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between him and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And, and look, I'm sitting here looking right now as, as you you let the cat out of the bag that we're recording this during the, the fourth quarter of the, of the NFC title game. Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown six passes. He's four out of six. And they're going to win. They're going to win going away. And, and Two-thirds. Yeah, there you go. Completion percentage, 67%. Look at, look at, but, look at what we just did. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think the Dolphins are going to try to find a quarterback that you can win because of. And, and I think your margin for error is better in building a team if you have a quarterback that you can win because of. The 49ers spent years and years. They got five first-round draft picks on the defensive line, right? I mean, not even their entire starting unit plus a backup or two. First-round picks. A lot of teams don't. <laughs> the reason why the 49ers have that many first-round picks is they've been bad for a long time, and, and they've been moving around. And so the 49ers built a team similarly to how Tennessee did. 49ers just – Shanahan runs the running game a little bit differently. They don't have a Derrick Henry, but they've got such a dominant defense, especially the defensive front – in today's NFL, your margin for error is better if you've got that quarterback that you can win because of. And, and case in point, again, look, Patrick Mahomes is in his own class right now. I think everybody would agree with that. But he he gives Andy Reid the margin for error to be terrible with his clock management. Yeah, and I mean, you know, one of the reasons that the Dolphins are looking for the guy, as you put it, and I think really well, that they win because of is because they had one for 20 years. So the Dolphins didn't, Dan Marino didn't game manage for the Dolphins. Dan Marino was, we're down by five. There's a minute 30 left to go. We got one timeout. I'm going to take you 80 yards for a touchdown. Watch me. Right. That's what the Dolphins have had for so long. And then they lost it. And so you have a fan base that's so disillusioned by not just a lot of losing, but by not having any quarterback whose jersey you want to buy or who you had faith in late in the game to go win you a ball game or to get you a big drive. And Kansas City went the model of that. And so, yeah, when when the Dolphins go into the draft, find a Pat Mahomes would be great. If they can get Tua and Tua's Pat Mahomes, the Dolphins are set. Um you know, you mentioned the way the 49ers are constructed. I think it's interesting if you think about who the constructor is, right? So who built this 49ers defense? John Lynch. John Lynch. Great defensive player. So yep. he understands. I mean, you if you remember John Lynch when he was playing safety for the uh, Bucks, tough, physical, great player. That's the type of defense that he's built. And so the 49ers put all their resources or the majority of their resources into building a big, bad, tough defense. Now they have it. Mm-hmm. What I think's funny, and this is just early opinion, not a prediction, because I'm not a big prediction guy, because my brother always makes fun of me that I'm wrong when I make predictions. But I have noticed that many times, if you go into a game and you say, the story of this game is going to be Kansas City's big bad offense yeah. and San Francisco's big bad defense, what usually happens? One of the units that you don't talk about is the difference. That's usually what happens. You usually go in and go, oh, man, Kansas City is just, you got to get on the ball, and San Francisco is going to stop them, and the immovable, and what happens? Kansas City's defense plays great, or San Francisco's offense balls out. Look, to your point, the reason why Kansas City is here isn't just because of Patrick Mahomes, but they held Derrick Henry to three and a half yards of carry in the AFC AFC title game, and and this is a guy who, I mean, I want to say he had more yards after contact 
in the playoff than Ryan Tannehill had rushing and passing yards combined. So, and that's, again, I'm not doing that to, to knock Ryan Taylor. It's just telling you how dominant Derrick sure? Henry. I, I just, I feel. A little? No, not at <laughs> all. I feel badly because I feel like everything gets misconstrued with Tannehill because, like you said, there's revisionist history. And there I feel is. like people people want to jump out and say, see, I told you all along. You're a Tannehill hater. You're, yeah. yeah. You're ta- no. I, I, nobody I, don't, was, I don't think there are Tannehill lovers. I don't think there are Tannehill haters because he's, like, Right in the middle. <laughs> somebody, so how could there's somebody someone, on Twitter who always refers to him as vegetable lasagna? Remember could, in in, in yes, Seinfeld, yes. where it's like just like mediocre. He's I mean, just, yeah, he's just he's right. Fine. He's not bad. No. He's not good. On Sunday, he was whatever. Yeah. It didn't matter. And, and, you know what he was? He wasn't Patrick Mahomes. No, the end. And that's fine. And he's the guy that the Dolphins gave seven years to. And one one enough. thing I will say about you, you mentioned that the that uh, Derrick Henry didn't have a good Sunday. In my opinion. Just watching the game, we were sitting there, we were talking during the game. I felt Tennessee gave put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands too many times yeah. relative that, to Derrick Henry. I felt like the okay, you got one dude who's averaging seven, eight yards a carry. You he he's supposed to plow people over. He's had performances of 160, 180, 200 yards. He's been carrying you the last five weeks. All of a sudden you're going play action or third down, you're taking him out of the game. Like, no. No, keep it simple. If you got Michael Jordan on your team, give him the damn ball. Yeah. I don't care what the right basketball play is. I don't care. Like, Derrick Henry should have been able to impose his will on that game, and at no point did he. And so, even early on, when Tennessee got in the red zone, they'd been so good in the red zone. Yeah. And what happened? They settled for three instead of seven. At that point in my mind, I went, whoop, that's a ball game. Because you can't get Patrick Mahomes' chances. Uh, and yeah. then, before the half... What does he do? He does some crazy Patrick Mahomes stuff, and next thing you know, they're going to the Super Bowl. And to your credit, you did say that. You did say that. So I, I think from from a South Florida perspective, and I, it's gonna be it's gonna be good because you're gonna have Bosa here, yeah. And Nick Bosa's here, and I, I believe uh, he and his brother. I'm sure you know Super Bowl week. Everybody ends up doing stuff. I'm sure you're gonna have enough South Florida connections. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have enough South Florida connections with this, but you're also gonna get the game's biggest star on the game's biggest stage for the first time. Yeah. And I, I think that's and, – and I say the biggest star because I think I'm looking at it from the perspective of who is who is the one who's – I'm, I'm combining right now star quality and playing ability because I think you've seen Tom Brady's playing ability go off the mat. Most recognizable player is still Tom Brady. I'm not, I'm not pushing him out the door when it comes to that yet, but – if you're the NFL, it's time. It's time to start pushing your next era, your next era of stars. And you couldn't ask for anything better than than Patrick Mahomes doing what he did in the AFC title game. You know eyeballs were on TVs for that one, and you know that eyeballs are going to be on TVs for the Super Bowl when he's going to get another chance. Look, when I walk around my neighborhood and I see kids wearing jerseys and looking up and pretending to be someone, I see a lot of like Lionel Messi jerseys, right? I see, I see, I see a lot of. I don't see a lot of Tom Brady jerseys. I'm telling you, yeah. I, you know, I and it could be because we're in South Florida, but I just think Pat Mahomes has that cool quality that kids would latch onto because kids grow up playing video games, and he plays. He is the adult personification of what a video game would look like playing yeah. football. He he hits the he hits the X button, he spins, he throws, he's running, he's in danger. All, I mean, he just makes plays that boggle the mind and he does it 
all the time. They're not accidents when you do them thousands of times. They're the way you play. And the way he plays football is more exciting than the way that most people, not named Lamar Jackson, play football in 2020. And so it's really cool that he was able to make it. And I think it's great for the game because... Look, there's a lot of old quarterbacks who are chasing that one last hurrah. There are. The league is full of old chasing the last hurrah. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's old chasing the last hurrah. Eli Manning was old chasing the last hurrah. Drew, Drew Brees. Brees was old chasing the last hurrah. Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back and be old chasing the last hurrah. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is old chasing the last hurrah. I got to be honest with you. It's not that much fun to watch old chasing the last hurrah. It's a lot of fun to watch a 24-year-old kid flipping footballs over his head making crazy plays. Just my personal opinion as someone who has had to endure four years of someone trying to, you know, get that last hurrah. Yeah, Eli. Well, and, and look, I, I think the Dolphins front office is largely going to share your opinion on that. Not necessarily doing the crazy stuff. Because look, I don't at know least if... Fitz. Listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick well, yeah, is, is 37 years yeah. old. He's on the – I'm not being ageist here. Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is – and by the way, I'm 38, so it's crazy to call someone 37 old, but – you know, someone who's 37 years old who played like a kid, and the, and and maybe that maybe that's the essence of what makes Patrick Mahomes so much fun. He plays like a kid. He takes joy in playing football. You know, it's one of I think the the rightful beefs against the NFL is how corporate they all, mm-hmm. you know, and how stuffy it is. And you know, Super Bowl tickets are so expensive, and the game is not accessible to a lot of people. And look, there's a lot of kids who don't want to play because of head injuries, because other sports become more appealing. There's a lot of going against connecting kids with football. Patrick Mahomes, the style and the joy that he plays with, to me, connects children and kids to football. If I were a kid, he would be my favorite player just because of the way he plays and the joy he plays with. And I think it's really cool, as you said, this spotlight, this stage for that type of play is great unless the 49ers defensive line destroys him. Well... Which is a distinct possibility. They're the one defensive front in the NFL that has a chance. And yeah. uh, what, what we saw on on Sunday, and I'm fascinated by this, and, and next weekend we'll actually break down what we think about what's going to happen in the game. But what I'm fascinated by, Dookie, is that you saw Tennessee. They had no idea how to rush Patrick Mahomes because if you rush too far upfield, if you're too aggressive, he's going to run right by you. And if you're too passive, he's going to sit back there all day. And ultimately, they were too passive, and he sat back there all day. And the one time that they got a little bit aggressive, he took off down the left sideline yeah. and he was made gone. A play. Yeah, that you're going to be watching for years and years and years. So, to me, we're talking about the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Yeah, it's it's just as much to me the chess match that's going to be mm-hmm. involved with that. How does San Francisco? use that that front that front seven to go after Patrick Mahomes or how do they use they have some really athletic linebackers they're going to put one of them on on Kelsey and do they use another one to kind of so we'll have plenty of time to talk about that but I I just think from a a storyline perspective and this is taking out the South Florida tie with Ryan Tannehill I don't think you could have asked for a much better storyline heading into the Super Bowl you get yeah the pack I mean the Packers look the Packers 
is the Packers are about Aaron Rodgers. I yep. mean, that, that's that's really, I think the fun of Green Bay making the Super Bowl from a South Florida perspective would have been just the cheeseheads and the fans. The Packers have great fans, and not to say that the 49ers don't, but the Packers are sort of notorious for, for their loyal, great fans. But Rodgers, it, it's kind of it's kind of amazing because in this era of ring counting, right? That's what we do in sports. We count rings. Are you any good? Well, how many championships have you won? Aaron Rodgers is a lot better than a quarterback who has one championship ring. But the reality is Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who has one championship ring. He is so dominant. I don't think people realize how much he's able to squeeze out of the talent around him, which frankly hasn't always been up to his level and yet he has a championship and you know got one step away this season at last check was still down 34 13 in the fourth quarter <laughs> so I'm, I'm still pretty confident uh, with us taping this but uh I think that that if the Packers came sure Jimmy Graham plays there former University of Miami player basketball player football player but I I think it would have been about Rodgers versus Mahomes which is kind of interesting but Mahomes having to prove himself against a big bad defense that's even more interesting and yep. and especially because the Chiefs are the te- I mean it really could go where Pat Mahomes goes nuts makes the 49ers defense look terrible we all realize how bad the Packers were and they just destroy the 49ers in the Super Bowl and all of a sudden football has a new king or the 49ers are as good as we think. They destroy him, and whoa, 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 relax. Patrick Mahomes, not as good as we thought. Still Tom Brady's world, and we're just living in it. And then the so, Dolphins then the Dolphins just use all three of their first-round picks on defensive line. Well, and, 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 and then you combine it with Christian Wilkins, <laughs> and hey, you got four of the five, and you're uh, you're close to what's happening. Let me tell you something. They, they did that, right? Everybody everybody complains about the Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins need to, they, they need to draft offensive line. They never built their offensive line. I remember looking back a few years ago, and it was like, Pouncey's a center, first-round pick. Juwan James, first-round pick. Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil, first-round pick. So, no, they've tried that route. So, obviously, San Francisco's on the other side, but the Dolphins have tried everything. I mean, Billy Turner is a guard on, on the Packers. <laughs> there in the, in and he is currently game. losing by a lot. Okay. Well, so now that you've let the cat out of the bag again, so people can uh, can know that we're cheating this podcast. But anyway, thanks for listening. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard earned money in a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service it is. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. So got a whole week of nothing where people are going to uh, use all the, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't know. The, the, this is always the weird week to me, but the next week it's really going to get ramped up. Do you like it better? Did you like it better when they used to just go right away? Yeah, I honestly can't even remember. I re- I remember back. I remember it used to be right. It used to be the next week, yeah. and then they would do the Pro Bowl down the line. But the NFL thought, you know what? Let's give meaning to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, which yeah. why don't just well, watch watch that game this weekend and and see if people actually care. Like the right players, here on so local that, ten. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, the players really care about it. Yeah, they're, come on, man, the best of the best. Yeah, they're not going to be. Uh, you know, <laughs> never mind. What if they made a skills competition? I think it'd be it'd be better than what they do. I mean, you watch those games and, and guys aren't even trying to tackle. There's only one. Yeah. There's only one play bowl, a Pro Bowl highlight I remember in my lifetime. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Yep. Because he was playing, 
That was awesome. Yep. Maybe not for yep. the punter, but <laughs> was it Brian Mormon? That, that, that's. I, I was immediately going to say Mormon. And yeah. I, I think you might. Be yeah. Right. No, he he lit him up. Yeah. So anyway, all right. It's going to be a, a a fun week for us because we got other stuff than the non Super Bowl stuff to cover. The Heat are very interesting, even though with the loss on Sunday. Uh, curious to see what they do trade ted- deadline. We got a lot of time to look at that. Everybody enjoy your next week. We'll talk a lot more Super Bowl coming up on the next podcast. If we didn't talk enough this time. (laughs) And we'll actually wait until the game's over next time. Hang out. Take care.